Uh, well, uh, hello everybody out there in Music Video Land, and welcome to another edition of the Music Video Land podcast brought to you by your super good friends at imvdb.com, the internet music video database. This is a podcast where we have a conversation about music videos. Um, if you haven't caught on by now, my name is Adam Fairholm. Um, I do things for IMVDB, and then with us from Brooklyn, New York, is Mr. Doug Klinger. How are you, Doug? Doing super good. I'm drinking a Miller High Life. A Miller High Life. Is that a light beer or a regular beer? It's just champagne of beers. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, I have never heard that before. Um, and joining us from north of the wall in Canada from Fringe Music Fix is Mr. Adam Alexander. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing good. Drinking tap water. That's, ooh, that's the champagne of waters. Um, <laughs> and then joining us on the podcast is uh, someone who released a music video that we talked about last week, Giving Up by Hearts, um, and has also directed music videos for um, one of our favorite podcast bands, Haim, and also Bastille. Uh, Mr. Austin Peters, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Um, and this is the first time this has ever happened. You were actually in the same apartment as... Mr. Doug Klinger. Yes, we're here. We're doing the podcast live, though you wouldn't know it because we're both in separate rooms. Yeah, I'm, I'm over here in the living room. I'm on an IKEA chair, and Austin is uh, currently in my, in my bedroom on uh, my computer chair. So it's exciting. Now you know, and now you know the chair situation, which is important. <laughs> That's good. That's exactly what I was trying to get out of that. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I guess this, this may be the first time we've actually had somebody quote unquote in studio is what I'm trying yes, to say. Yes, this is what this is. This is in studio. <laughs> I, I own two microphones for this specific purpose. And also um, this may be the last because this, this was very difficult. Um, so, uh, as we mentioned, Austin, we were talking about uh, the video for Giving Up by Hearts uh, last week. And one of the questions we had, if we're podcast listeners, we can refresh their memory. This is the black and white video that included uh, performance from Hearts as well as a lot of couples kissing. And the, one of the big questions that came up during that podcast was if they were actual couples or not, or if you just kind of randomly paired people together. I was wondering what like the casting process was like for this. Uh, yeah, um, some of them are real couples. Most of them are real couples, but some of them are not. Um, some of them were just people who were on set and sort of got into it and were, <laughs> were up for making out and being on camera. So um, wait, you said they were just like hanging out on set, and they're like you know kind of pairing off. Yeah, a few a few of them were at least at least two of the couples came about that way. That's pretty sexy. Yeah, it was a uh, you know it was a nice we had a nice atmosphere. So is it does that does having a bunch of making out on set does that truly change the atmosphere on set? Uh, not in not in a way that I think makes you more prone to making out with someone. <laughs> Yeah, the so it, uh, I'm not it's sure not like it. a it doesn't feel like a sexy app it doesn't create like a sexy atmosphere it sort of creates a strange atmosphere you look around and all these people are making out and is it and, like making and out you're at your job right <laughs> and and are you are you as they're making out are you like t- telling them how to <laughs> um uh you know it it depends most of them most of them were able to just most of the, you know, I, I spoke to them before. I spoke to each couple before each take, and I sort of told them what I wanted them to do. And 
then they sort of just went for it. And, you know, one of the couples is married and one of the couples is, you know, um, uh, our friends Wiki and, and Destiny came and they, they're in it and they're, uh, they're a real couple too. And so, and then, so, yeah, a bunch of the couples are real. So they was, it, it was, it was pretty easy for them to get into it. And I love the performance kind of aspects of this video because I think we were discussing last week, Hearts is a band that doesn't do a lot of performance in their videos, um, but they should because they're pretty amazing at it. Uh, how, did, how did you pitch this video to them? Um, they That was one of the things that they wanted. They wanted to be in this video because I think that up until this point, they haven't been very visible. So they knew that they wanted to be in this video. And uh, yeah, they just, you know, Brian, the commissioner reached out to me for a treatment and um, they sort of had an atmosphere that they were going for. And they sort of, it's funny because the cover of the album has a picture of her holding a bunch of flowers and I hadn't seen that photo. I didn't know that that was the cover of the album until after we shot the video. So it was just purely coincidental that there's a ton of flowers in the video and on the album cover. You have, as one of the credits um, uh, in, in the credit list for this video, someone specifically tasked for flowers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brittany, um, Brittany Ash did it, and she is uh, a floral designer in New York City, and she does a lot of like you know big work and it does lots of cool things and lots of cool projects and has been featured in all sorts of publications and she's a really good friend of Nini who's the singer in Hearts and so they brought I wrote this idea with all these flowers and then we had a conference call and they were like oh we have the perfect person for the flowers this girl Brittany and she um we got on the phone and she's sort of amazing she was like the flower whisperer sort of <laughs> she like got all these different flowers for what they you know for their like emotional qualities and stuff she was really incredible and she brought all these beautiful flowers and at the end of the shoot she gave everyone on the shoot a different flower so she was great do you still have yours no i don't hmm. that's the kind of I thing you gotta press it, in a book when i know oh <laughs> uh, yeah well i to be honest i don't think mine left set that day <laughs> I don't even know how to do my own laundry, but I know what to do with a flower that someone gives me. <laughs> that's pretty. Um, that's pretty sweet, Adam. That's actually pretty romantic that you that you know that. Yep. What, where does that come from? That's just my innate romantic sense. Um, it's funny that you because I I looked at we have a thing on IMDb that pulls in the a cover art from Amazon, um, and I noticed the kind of synergy between the two, the, the black and white cover with the flowers. Um, and, and then the video, that's, that's really interesting that those had no connection before, until yeah. you finished the video. It's purely, it's, it's purely coincidental. <laughs> I totally thought it was intentional. That's cool. No, no, it's totally coincidental. I mean, I knew that a lot of the imagery that they were looking at and that they were referencing was black and white. So that sort of informed our decision to shoot. We shot the video in black and white. Um, but the flowers was just a complete coincidence. And and this video was shot by Kevin Phillips, and actually you told me a, a story about how Kevin got involved with this project, and it involved this podcast. Can can you retell some of that story? <laughs> um, well, Kevin, I had never worked with Kevin before, but 
he is a good friend of our producer Claire McDonald and you know we have we know we have mutual friends and stuff and um Claire recommended him for this job and I talked to him and he was really you know we hit it off really immediately and he's really awesome and and had you know shared we kind of shared a vision for the video and then I saw on I, I must have been listening to the podcast you did with Ali and and Bangs, and I saw the the week before he had been on the podcast, and I thought, oh well, this is a sign he <laughs> is clearly the man to shoot the video. That's what we originally started the podcast for to connect connect people to right. jobs, but well, like in I, the in the most indirect way possible. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see how things change for me after I've been on the podcast. Well, it's funny you mention that because you have an interesting. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know what the right word is. Situation doesn't sound right. But um, you've worked with two artists that hugely blew up in 2013 and 2000, early 2014, which is Haim um, and Bastille. You directed the Laura Palmer video for, and Oblivion videos for Bastille and the Don't and Flaws, sorry, for Bastille. And then uh, Don't Save Me and Forever by Haim. Um, kind of at the the very beginning of both of those artists, you know, becoming massively popular. Um, and I was wondering, especially with Haim, how you sort of started that relationship with them, because I think you directed two of their first music videos. Yeah, I did the first two. Um, we were just, I just have known those girls for a long time. And, and we were just, we were just buddies for so long. And they had been in all these videos. Like they had been in a bunch of my first videos, which aren't even on your website. Um, hmm because they're obscure um, and I buried them, but they had been like extras in videos and they had been in projects that I had done and whatever. And we had just known each other for a long time because we both grew up in LA and uh, they, they came to New York and they played a show. It was their first show in New York for CMJ. And afterwards we were hanging out and I was like, Hey, you know, we should do a video. And they were like, Oh yeah, great idea. Perfect. And we just did that video, you know, and there was no, that was, that was before anything, you know, that was before the record label or the man, you know, the management and the team was on board, but there was no record label. There was no press. They hadn't gotten written about anywhere. And, and it was right after we shot right after, um, we were supposed to shoot earlier, but then it had to get postponed. But, but we shot right after they came back from South by Southwest, their first time at South by Southwest and it had gone really well so they came back and were sort of on a high from that and we just shot that video for you know that first that forever video for you know no money in two days just pulling in all kinds of favors and you know everybody piling in my car and shooting out of the windows of my car and stuff it's funny those the three heim girls really enjoy being in music videos they just i think they just made a cameo in dugan o'neill's video for old 45s by chromio i think they've got some a lot of like just like appearance credits they have a ton of they have a ton of personality i always i always say that if this music thing wasn't working out i feel like sc would be on snl or something and was it the same situation with bastille um no bastille was kind of a bastille is sort of a different situation i uh i had just started working with my rep um in the UK, uh, Sasha Nixon and Forever Pictures, 
and she passed me that first video, which was flaws, and it was their first, you know, proper video that that Dan um, was going to be in and stuff. And she, uh, you know, they just passed me the brief, and I pitched for it, and I got it, and we and we made it, and sort of no one, you know, we made it in Coney Island, and and they weren't really known in the UK at that point, and they definitely weren't known here. Nobody here had ever heard of them or knew what was going on with them, and then just slowly it 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 happened and then when we did the second video the laura palmer video we that video was officially booked and commissioned like the week that their album came out in the uk and it was the number one record and then the oblivion video obviously was the most recent video and that's like their seventh video from the album so that was their last one so even when we were shooting that in uh in shuttlesville pennsylvania at the demolition derby no one at the demolition derby had any idea what game of thrones was or or <laughs> or who sophie was or you know they none of them had seen game of thrones but a lot but you know a few of them knew who bestial was we should mention that uh we're talking about sophie turner who was in the oblivion video by bestial who played i can't remember her character name. i'm a huge game of thrones fan and i'm completely blanking on who she plays she's um, sansa stark sansa stark the freaking Adam. Duh. Uh, I, I didn't know that. Uh, right. So the I want to ask you about the because Halloween just passed and every year without um, since the Laura Palmer video has come out, I think there's been uh, people dressing up as the characters from that video. Right? Is that I think that you you hold the distinction for um, the person to come on this podcast who had people who dress up like their music <laughs> videos. How does how does that feel? Do you mean, uh, I think you mean the Flaws video. I do mean the Flaws video, of course. Laura Palmer. I mean, people might wear those masks. Yeah, maybe. It's a more obscure costume, definitely. Um, That's one of those costumes that you you spend most of the time explaining to people at a party. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that the Flaws costume is probably one that, like, most people just assume you're just being sort of like a skeleton or a, you know, Norwegian... uh, not a uh, black metal guy, but really, <laughs> really, you're being one of the one of the death girls from the Flaws video. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool. Especially, I went to the concert at a, I went to the Bastille show at Radio City a few weeks ago, and um, there were some girls there with their faces painted like the video. Yeah, and that's I, that makes <laughs> that makeup caught on, right? Like it's it's come. You see it at, uh, when they were on Jimmy Kimmel as well. Yeah, when they were on Jimmy Kimmel, they had a bunch of people in the audience wearing it. And then on Halloween, they had a bunch, they like had some, they ran, they had a, uh, they, all, they, all the people who dressed up like that for Halloween were tagging their photos with Bastille America. So if you, if you looked at that um, hashtag, you could see all the photos of them dressed up as the various girls from, uh, from the video. That was pretty cool. And if you check out Austin Peters' Twitter, which has an, um, the amazing Twitter handle of Austin P. Tellum, uh, <laughs> one of your recent tweets is a retweet of a, a girl who dre- dressed up uh, like the girls in the Flaws video. And, and the, she says, I'm a Flaws girl with those sort of like little emoticons of glitter around it. That's, uh, <laughs> that's how you know when, when a video has sort of permeated the, uh, the culture a little bit there. Yeah, it's it's funny because we made that video so long ago, like two years ago. Yeah, we have a release date of, uh, yeah, almost exactly two years ago, September 12th, 2012. Wow. Um, 
we keep track. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, along those database. lines, you mentioned that, you know, there are a few videos that you've done earlier. You know, this is kind of a, you know, part of what we do is, you know, really super popular music videos. And then we, you know, we catalog everything. So we often have directors coming back and like trying to like get stuff off the site uh, because it like doesn't, you know, reflect their, their, their vision or they just, it, they were, just beginning when it happened do you have a lot of those videos kind of laying around that we have yet to find <laughs> um i don't have that many <laughs> uh i have a i have a few though i mean that's sort of how i got into making videos is i just sort of started making them for my friends and you know and then some of them ended up having legs and some of them ended up not having legs and so well, when your friends around. are the Haim sisters, then that's that's probably a good thing to start that. Right. Well, that yeah, that definitely played out one particular way. <laughs> um, let's na- let, and let's have you name drop the other way. No, no, let's not have you do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a name. This is a safe name drop zone. This podcast. Yeah, it's safe to name drop. Um, Adam Alexander dressed up as a flaws girl, right? Uh, yeah, flaw, flaws. Uh, yeah, I did. Right, I'm still wearing that costume. Actually, <laughs> just kept it around. That's cool. Adam, what actually? What did you dress up for Halloween as? Uh, I had a little two face thing going down. I didn't see any pictures of that. Yeah, that was... you you weren't paying enough attention if you didn't see those pictures because I certainly did. It, it, as far as I, as I could tell, Adam, you went with the whole crew. Yeah, that was the the work crew. There was the work group, and yeah. and and everyone was a Batman character. The, everyone was Batman except me. You were a bad guy from Batman. <laughs> yeah, I suggested the theme of Batman, and and everyone said I'm Batman, and then I said, "Well, that's not fun," mm-hmm. and, and and that's that played out. So the Adam Alexander's uh, two minutes of Adam Alexander's life segment is brought to you by Men, <laughs> brought to you by Mentos. Uh, Mentos the Fresh Maker, uh, brought, uh, Adam Alexander's costume was brought to you by that. So I had a, a, you know, back to the Oblivion video because we talked a lot about this video on the, this podcast when it came out in July, which doesn't seem like that long ago that we talked about this video, but I guess it was a few months ago. Um, and I was wondering, you know, I'm I really interested, and actually part of the reason we started this whole database, if I'm being honest, is this notion of like celebrity cameos in videos and celebrities performing in videos. Um, and I'm wondering how Sophie Turner kind of got involved in this project. Was she a Bastille fan and she just kind of contacted you? Uh, yeah, she is a, she is a Bastille fan and I, um, I wrote this treatment and we knew that, um, the band didn't really want to be in the video and they weren't really available to be in the video. So I wrote this treatment for this actress and um, we we kind of didn't know who it was going to be. And then I was brainstorming with my, uh, with my friend who sort of, um, you know, we sort of worked together and, and he had just, and he's at, was at CAA and he uh, had just had just worked with her and I was like, Oh, she would be so fantastic for this. Uh, she would be so fantastic for this video. And he reached out to her agent and reached out to her and turns out she was a huge fan and she was totally up for it. And she was totally a sport about it and, and awesome. So it was just very, 
it was uh it was very lucky that it played out like that and is there was the story inspired by anything particularly like where did the kind of demolition derby kind of concept originate um it was it was sort of something that just i had been thinking about and uh for a while and it was something that i had discussed with dan um from bastille beforehand about another video earlier and we both agreed that it was something that we really wanted to do and um i had this idea of this girl singing the song and it sort of just ended up i woke up one morning and it sort of just had placed itself at that demolition derby and i kind of understood that that's how it was gonna play out and did you have do you have any like kind of background knowledge of demolition derbies or anything like that was this location scouted it's yeah i mean it's very it's it's my my knowledge at the time was very very limited now it's a little more thorough but i mean i don't know if this is necessarily clear when you watch the video but uh that's what what you see in the video is what's actually happening she we found this demolition derby and they were up for us shooting there um you know for whatever sort of we needed and we were like okay well we're gonna bring this girl and in between rounds we're gonna bring her out in the center and we're gonna play this song and she's gonna sing it and they were like okay that's cool and so we did that like three or four times and as the night went on people sort of became more drunk and it sort of became <laughs> it sort of was met with more and more resistance each time <laughs> um <laughs> Well, at the end, like on our last round, people were going, boo, <laughs> like we're here for a demolition derby and getting mad. And Not so a lot of Game of Thrones fans in the audience. Well, they just don't. They just have no idea. They just, the people in the audience had no idea what Game of Thrones was. So I sort of was, I sort of had to explain that to people. I was like, well, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, but there's, <laughs> you know, more violence and sex. I don't know. Like, Were you on the microphone in the middle trying to explain? To no, crowd of- no, no, no. They have an announcer who runs the thing and he would announce it. He would just say, hey, we're doing a video for Bastille and we're going to bring out Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. <laughs> And at first, everyone was like, oh, cool, you know, and like... Dynasty. So, yeah, sort of confused about it, and but, like, could get into it. And then the first time, she, like, came out and lip-synced the song, and everybody everybody clapped, and and that was fine. But but then as it went on, they became uh, less less receptive. Is... So I'm, I'm two for two on finding uh film references in music videos just today just tonight so i'm gonna go for a third and we'll talk about the other two later um i can't promise i'm gonna answer truthfully uh but but was this kind of i don't know if you remember the movie borat um he (laughs) he comes out at a uh I think it was a rodeo or something, something yeah. vaguely it's just, similar. It's just a very. It was like a country bar. It was the no 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 no. It's, no no, not no the it's TV a rodeo. Show, the movie. Oh, the movie. The movie. Oh, yeah. where yes, it was a rodeo. It, it was a rodeo. Yes. He comes out at the rodeo and he's. And he think he sings the national anthem and of course he butchered it, butchers it, and everybody boos him. Um, but I want, I'm wondering if that ever like when obviously this is totally different, but if it ever went through your head making this music video. That can I tell you know that particular thing didn't go through my head, but I do remember that scene and that I do love that scene. <laughs> but I do think about people singing the national anthem all the time. Like I'm quite fascinated by just like the ritual of having people come out and sing the national anthem and how it often is changed or butchered in its own special way. 
there's a there's particularly a great video of R. Kelly singing it um, before a boxing match where he does like a remix <laughs> of the national anthem, and it's I must have watched it like a you know over a hundred times. So it's like in, it's intentionally different. Yeah, uh, have you not seen it? No. Me oh, oh, you, oh, you guys, we should just play it when you edit this podcast tomorrow. We should just edit the. We should just edit his version of the national anthem into it. It's really great. <laughs> That's definitely happening. That's a hundred percent happening. Because like a, we a should kinda... we should start the podcast with that. Yes, <laughs> I'm actually go- I'm making a note to actually do that because that is that is awesome. Because um, it's kind of a ritual of U.S. culture. Every year or so, somebody really fucks up the national anthem bad, and we all kind of it's like a news story. I, there yeah. was somebody like a, a few weeks ago that did that. I'm not sure who. Yeah, or have you ever seen Marvin Gaye sing the national anthem? At, mm. I think it's like the All Star Game. No, it's amazing. The, it's N- like, the NBA All Star Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Doug. Yeah, there's been a lot of bad NBA related national anthem. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of bad well, hockey that... ones too, because because they they insist on making people walk out on the ice in, at hockey games and sing the national anthem. So there's what's wrong with that? It takes place on the ice. Yeah, right. but, but but walking certainly doesn't. They roll out the red carpet for them. I think the two, the, I think the the good and the bad that people usually reference. The good is Whitney Houston. I think nineteen eighty seven or nineteen eighty eight is sort of a famous good one. But the famous bad one is Rosie O'Donnell. Oh um, god, that's really bad. But also, there's what's his name, um, Do- uh, and another NBA player who sang the national anthem, and it's really bad. But uh, one thing I want to point out is how defensive. Adam Fairholm just got for hockey. That was pretty serious. I feel, I feel really bad. Well, for Adam defending. Alexander, back me up here. I can't back you up. Oh, Jesus. Adam can't back you up. Adam will tell you right now, as a person in Canada, don't walk on the ice. There's plenty of there are there is photo there is video of people falling when trying to walk out on the ice to sing national anthem. Red carpet may add some traction, but not not enough. IMO. <laughs> Um, and so, Austin, are you working on anything currently? I know you had the the giving up video by Hearts video last week. Are you in production for anything? I'm not in production on anything. Well, that's not true. But not, I'm not in production on any music videos at this moment. But you and Doug shoot something tonight. Yeah, Just... Doug, well, Doug and I are going to shoot a music video for our band probably after the podcast. <laughs> right. <is over. laughs> right. Um, that's the, at least that's the plan. So uh, yeah. So I guess this is probably a good opportunity then to transition to a few of the music videos of the week because there is a pretty ridiculous pile of music videos to get to. There is. I, I cut. I had to cut out some really good ones as well because this was this was quite a week for quite a week for music videos. There was some good ones that we liked watching. What do we start with? Well, before we mention that, I want to mention that if you go to imvdb.com/podcast. Um, you will find links. Uh, you will find this episode first of all, and then in that episode page, you will find links to all the stuff we're talking about, um, including R. Kelly and uh, Marvin Gaye's <laughs> botched uh, USA national anthems, which I'm looking forward to finding and putting in. So Marvin out. Gaye does a great job. Let me go on record; he doesn't botch it at all. Oh, good. Okay, R. Kelly bad, Marvin Gaye good. Um, they're both good. And this, oh, they're both good. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, never mind. Um, and I'll put on Roseanne's for for the uh, for the bad one. Um, and then uh, this is episode 132. So if you're looking for this music video or this podcast years in you know years in the future, then uh, you know where to look. Um, 
I think we should start with, uh, like we mentioned, there's a lot of big music videos that came out this week. A lot of really fantastic music videos that came out this week. Um, but the one that I want to talk about first is uh, one that came out today. We're recording this Thursday, November 6, 2014, and that is Yellow Flicker Beat by Lord, directed by... Okay, this is a rare combo of a director and DP who have both been on the podcast, directed by Emily Kai Bach and DP'd by Evan Profloski. Um, and this is a music video for a song that is going to be on, or is on, the uh, soundtrack for Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, which will be out uh, relatively soon for the holiday season. Um, yeah, this is, so this is um, uh, the first... The, Emily- this is the, cool, the coolest music video. This, this is, is cool. This is super cool. This is the first Emily Kai Bach video in a while. and um, Since Afterlife. Since Afterlife, yeah. This is a long, long time in the making. Um, so it, it's fitting that we should talk about it first. Um, this music video is difficult to describe, but it features Lord in a lot of sort of 80s-inspired kind of Katie Lang, uh, you know, outfits. Um, I, she's very styled, very similar to, like, LaRue in this video. Um but it's a very kind of interesting mishmash of different performances and different uh, scenes or tableaus. The Lord in a dingy hotel with this crazy up hairstyle uh, and the and the and the neon lights. That's like uh, that's this, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Hmm. I'm I'm I uh, that's completely knee jerk. But like that really is like that's like that's like a inc- like super cool like that we talked about it when we had Ben Kutzko on the podcast and we were talking about a, the brother video of uh, for drums it's like that's this is the type of thing that you like you it is so hard to like explain in a treatment how cool that scene's gonna be like it's it it's so such a difficult thing to try to articulate that. Um, at least I would I would imagine because it's 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 cooler than it's cooler than it would be described. Okay. Yeah, it's super cool. I have to say too that uh, Lord has had some pretty excellent videos to date, but uh, no one's captured her her sort of mannerisms and her live performance better than uh, than Emily does with this video. Um, I saw her live just this past summer, and this video really brought back that kind of experience of seeing her perform live. So definitely the coolest uh, Lord video based on a performance, for sure. So um, just just in case anyone is list, uh, counting, keeping track, uh, 55 times we've said the word cool now to describe <laughs> this video. Uh, but there is, it's, it's more to it. The, Adam mentioned it, the, the dancing. Um, is like really kind of, you know, a lot of what Lord has been do- doing in her music videos has been really kind of subdued, almost like intentionally. You know, if you think of the tennis court video, you know, it's it, she's on, on like just kind of standing there for a lot of it, um, uh, not singing the entire song. It's a lot more kind of pulled back, and she's like really she's getting into it this time. I, I wish I had those moves. <laughs> She is, and I will mention that uh, we mentioned mo- uh, movie references and music videos. Um, I tweeted this, and it was retweeted by Emily Kaibach, so it's a confirmation. Um, we'll, we'll include the link to the screen grab, but there's there's a like a one second shot in this that is a recreation, um, relative recreation of the last shot in The Shining. Um, I don't know if you, anybody's Austin. Have you ever seen The Shining? Oh yeah. 
the last shot, famous last shot of uh, Jack Nicholson in an old photograph from the 1920s from the Overlook Hotel. And the last shot is this pullback. And there's a really quick shot of, of Lord doing the exact same arm mannerism, that very distinct arm move that uh, Jack Nicholson is doing in that photograph. Um, With the same kind of like style of people. Same kind all... of style, same kind of view from the camera. I thought that was really interesting. Maybe there are more movie references in this video. Um, but I, I would also say that the, the shot of Lord walking through this dark party and then just falling into the abyss is a really, really amazing shot. Um, there's some so crazy shots in yeah. this video. Yeah, yeah, I some... love I love the bus stop. Yeah, the bus oh, yeah, so that's yeah. my that's my favorite setup in the whole video. That's so gorgeous. I thought. And and the interesting thing about the lighting, it it might not actually be this way, but at least it's perceived that every light source in this video you you see. So like her in the hotel room, the light source is the neon sign and the car outside. Um, she's got a performance scene where she's being surrounded by people holding flashlights. Obviously, uh, the bus stop scene that we talked about, it's the bus stop light and as well as a light within the kind of bus stop structure. So all this, all the light sources in this video, um, you're, you kind of see where they come from. Um, and it's like tactile in the frame. They, they may have some additional lights that they use, but I wouldn't be surprised if like all the lights you see are, are actually what they use to light this whole video. Yeah, I just wanted to mentioned too i thought it was really cool that uh or a good decision on someone's part to to not include um footage from the hunger game which this yeah. is like, I promotion for yeah i agree with you i agree with you big time i was how, gonna how bad would this video be how bad would this video be <laughs> like inner splice just like no like not making it like fit within the narrative at all it's just like in like cutting from the awesome bus stop scene to just like Shots of like Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> with a bow and arrow or some shit, just like wham, bow and arrow shot, and then and then style. Like, uh, yeah, great, great point, Adam. I am very happy that they that they didn't do that. And like, you don't have to. It still makes yeah. it still makes the same impact. Like, you don't need to put clips from the movie in there and. And uh, yeah, super glad that they didn't. I couldn't imagine Emily even getting down with that. I would also like to mention a last thing in this video. There's a very, I would I would classify it as bizarre kind of setup. Um, I do not know how Emily pitched this to Lord, but I am glad that it happened. Um, there's a setup where it's an entirely, you know, blacked out scene except for one row of blinds. Um, and they're not like modern blinds. I don't know if anybody remembers these vertical blinds where they're sort of like a fabric. And at the bottom, there was a like a square of metal that held them at the bottom as a sort of like a weight to them. And I don't think they make these kind of blinds anymore. I think these are sort of like mid-90s to, to early 2000s blinds. Um, so the whole setup is Lord dancing in this row of blinds. Like literally nothing else is happening. Um, and it is uh, one of the stranger setups that I've seen in a music video lately, but somehow it works. That was an unbelievable description of those blinds. It was <laughs> fantastic. Amazing. Hey, we got to go deep. We got to go deep on this podcast. <laughs> Listen, I'm still like, I'm still really impressed by your, your cat. Cause I like that shot of her, of Lord, the, the Shining reference stuck out to me 
when watching the video so much, but I didn't place it the way you did. And yeah, definitely, I would consider this um, RT to be an endorsement. I know some people put on their Twitter profiles, RT does not equal endorsement. But in this case, uh, I believe that your your RT, yes, equals endorsement. So hmm. so way, for, way to go for your endorsement. Uh, let's, let's go to another video that we endorse. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, uh, let's let's talk about the Woodkid video, right? Adam Alexander. Let's. That's that's a good one. That's probably uh, one of the top three best this week. Wow, that's that's lofty. Uh, tell us about this video, Adam. Um, yeah. So this video is um, it's it's actually really hard to describe. I was trying to to think of uh, how this was pitched as a treatment, and I have. No idea what he would have said to anyone to describe this. Wait, hold on. We need to say the name of the video first. Yeah, so it's Jewels by Black Atlas, and it's uh, directed by Yoan Lemoyne, also known as uh, Woodkid. And Woodkid's easier to say, so I say it. That. Yeah, yeah, it works. It works. So I, I don't know what goes on in this video. Really, it's um, kind of uh, wow. It is difficult to describe. It's uh, it's sort of a surreal video of people wearing, uh, or the singer wearing, like this crazy um, gold metallic headgear. Um, and then we also get like some women's faces also kind of spliced in with, uh, with gold and metals. And uh, as the song kind of builds up, it has uh, not really a drop, but it kind of picks up and the synths get a little bit louder and, and sharper. And the, uh, the image kind of distorts to, to match that part of the song in, uh, in a really kind of a cool visual effect style. And uh, yeah, this thing is, is very dark and uh, probably some kind of a fever dream that someone might have. That's and, uh, the best I can do. And, the, and it's 100% CGI, according to a tweet uh, that we retweeted. Um, completely CGI music video, which is kind of insane to me. Yeah, for sure. Especially like if the, if the vocalist is CG'd as well. Um, that's some crazy... Uh, realistic CG. Wait, this, uh, whole, this whole video is CGI. According to this, yeah, I mean, if you just look at the, if you look at uh, Yoan's tweet, um, let's see here, where is it at? I saw it too. It's his tweet. Uh, Hold on, we retweet, we re retweeted it. We did us us. Huh. The black cat. Well, by the way, the black atlas video is entirely CGI. That's ins that's insane. So I guess it and and it includes you know a, an an image of that includes a CGI lady face. So um, way to go, way to go. I I mean that's that's insane. I can't really. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, and the and the video is awesome. I like I liked it and it, and I wanted to talk about it because of the CGI stuff. Uh, let's let's move on to the Wild Beasts music video. Um, Palace, right? Palace by Wild Beasts. Um, here's an interesting thing about this video. Actually, I want wanted to see if uh, the Adams picked up on this. Um, this video is pitched or or 
marketed as these are these are neither of those are the of the words I should be using. Uh, but the, this video was released, and and they claim that uh, the band did not know what they were going to see when things happen. So what happens in this video is the the band are performing in like a blacked out dark room, and suddenly like lights shine on different things, old men wrestling, uh, an, uh, another old man singing the song, a bunch of, of weird shit happening. And the band vi like is reacting to that stuff as it's happening. Um, and yeah, the claim is that, that these reactions are natural and, uh, and that they're, they're, they did not know what they were going to see before uh, they saw it. Uh, show of hands, who believes that? Uh, my hand is not up <laughs> because it's because that's uh, like that's a great idea, mm -hmm. but like a band is gonna want to know what's what's it gonna be in their music video, don't you think? I feel like the okay. I, I did not know that watching this video for the first time, but watching it again with that knowledge, I can kind of see that the drummer definitely seems nobody seems shocked. Right. I mean, if, if if you're going into a music video shoot not knowing what you're going to see, obviously, you know, you are somewhat prepared for something wacky. It's not going to be like a bowl of spaghetti or something like that. But the, um, you know, the drummer seems sort of bemused. I can kind of see that. Actually, I didn't know that either. But as I'm watching, you can actually see the vocalist sort of reacting to the different things when they first light up. I can see it. I might buy it. I'm not claiming that they don't react because they definitely do. My claim is that their their reaction is uh, is is an act because uh, it's the cynic. Because well, Austin, Austin, in terms of just like technically, when when shooting a music video, can you kind of like picture in your head how this technically would have played out? I have a, I have a, I mean, I think that part of the appeal of the, of the video is their sort of bemused reactions. I think that that's really nice. But I think that at a certain, you know, in when you watch the video, it's all black surrounding the various band members, and it's all in complete darkness, um, and you can't see anyone else. And that, I feel like in real life, your eyes don't really do that, you know. Yeah. I feel like they must. They probably could have some. They probably had some idea of what was around and and what, or maybe not. You know. Maybe yeah, but I don't is, think. I agree. They couldn't have no, not known like what was like fifteen feet in front of them. Yeah, but but you know maybe they had no idea. Maybe that this is a, you know maybe this is sort of a video slash performance art piece, and and they had no idea. If if it's true, I and I think this is a fantastic video either way. Like I like the idea of the band reacting to the things in the room, whether it's it's a genuine reaction or if they're just playing it for a music video. Like that's that's either way is cool with me. Um I do think though because I only saw like that concept in the director's Vimeo description, but like the video from the band, I didn't see them like kind of talking about being being surprised by anything it wasn't like a major point um that they a point of emphasis in the release of the video so um you know it's it's interesting like that's definitely the idea now that you kind of hear that and rewatch the video like that's definitely what they're trying to make you think happen uh whether whether or not it's genuine or not although i think it was fun to, to talk about on this podcast it, it the video is still as effective to me either way 
What I, I also, what I really like about the video, uh, which we mentioned earlier uh, for one of the other videos, I like the the nod to the cover art uh, with the multicolored uh, spiral or the circle on the floor. Um, I like when videos do that, um, kind of tie in the concept art of the album with the video. This is a good example. We should... Um, one, another video that I wanted to talk about was... I don't know. This is a tough one for me. Um, Kendrick Lamar, the video, uh, the song name is I, directed by Alexandra Moores and the Little Homies. Um, <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah. Who directed this again? Did you say those names again? Uh, Alexandra Moores and, of course, the uh, people that need no introduction, the Little Homies. The little homies, famous little homies. <laughs> who, who, uh, who also directed "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe" and "Poetic Justice" by "Poetic Justice" by Kendrick Lamar. Right, and and Alexander Moore has directed lots of videos for all for the Crystal Method, you know, and and other folk. Anyway, this music video is probably the strongest Kendrick Lamar music video that there is, in in my opinion, at least. At least, it, it seems to be the one that has the most. Uh, I guess just like commitment uh, from Kendrick. He he's doing a lot more in this video than what I'm used to seeing Kendrick doing. He's a very like charismatic and awesome performer, and a lot of his videos have been very performance heavy. At least his presence in those videos, you know, "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe" has some additional elements to it, but Kendrick's role in that video is still basically a lot of just performing next to a casket in a white suit and Mike Epps. Uh, this video, he's doing a lot of stuff. That this this seems to have a a movie reference in there as well. There's a scene that look looks a lot like the Joker. Yes. In uh, the Joker in the um. Did you catch it. that too, Austin? Definitely. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Uh, Heath Ledger's the Joker. Uh, in in Bat. What is it? Batman. The dark. No, not the, the, dark, dark, the dark Knight. The Dark Knight, directed by Christopher Nolan. So yeah, that's definitely a reference I picked up in here. What did you guys think of this video? Were you guys a fan? Yeah, I really liked it. I find um, a lot of the the Top Dog videos kind of have this um, sort of laid-back approach to music videos where they don't do a whole lot, with the exception of maybe Schoolboy Q. But like you said, Doug, this, this one is is lots of uh, of Kendrick being Kendrick, and I love that little... I don't know what kind of dance he's doing. It's like a little hokey pokey, but it's fucking awesome. Whatever he's doing, it is. It is definitely not the hokey pokey, but uh, <laughs> but that's cool. This is also a very stylist, stylized video, right? It's got it's it's dark and it's got a lot of like rich colors, and um, uh, the the song, interestingly enough, I feel like has gotten some pushback uh, out there. It's not yeah, it's it not as it's not as well received as as most Kendrick Lamar songs, I, you would think, and and I don't, I don't really understand why. I think it's a I think it's a funky tune. Yeah, I mean, he's gone on record as saying that he wants to kind of bring a, a new positivity to rap, and I think some people are are taking that as like a corniness. Uh, I don't feel that way. I, I like the kind of the uplifting, positive vibe that this track has. Uh, is wait a second. Say that again. He wants to do what? He wants to be a bring positivity to rap. Yeah, yeah, that's not, it's supposed to be like an uplifting, positive message. In the, in this, just for this song, or that's like the the new this Kendrick song, Lamar. Specifically, this song. Kendrick Lamar 2.0 is like a softer, gentler Kendrick Lamar. 
<laughs> Adam Adam Fairholm's reaction was not you did not seem pleased uh, with that news, Adam. Well, have we learned nothing from Nas <laughs> or Mace? Let's all let's all remember Mace Mace, um, who has been referenced a lot in modern hip hop for being somebody who was super popular, and then didn't he become a preacher? He's a preacher now. He, he's he's kind of bounced back and forth. Yeah, he bounces back and forth. Well, it depends what day it is. He's like, all right, I'm murder Mace today, but then tomorrow, he literally did that. He went, he went, he went. He was a preacher. Wow, we got that. We're going down this path. He was a preacher. Then he came back and he like signed a G unit and like put murder in front of his name to like you know make sure people knew he wasn't a preacher anymore. And then he's gone gone back to being a preacher. Uh, other rappers have done that. I, uh, I don't know, Nas wasn't a preacher, but Ma- Malice from Clips who is Pusha T's brother, uh, was also a preacher. Although I I think I heard that there's a Clips album coming out. I don't I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe I made I that mean, up. There's a great there's a great CNN um, <laughs> piece about about their relationship and about Malice becoming a preacher. So he, but can... he's like legit. He's not Mace. As far as I know, right? Like Malice really like is still walking that walk then. I, I have no idea. He go he went on the CNN he went on the CNN special and he just sort of talked about how he woke up one day and he suddenly felt guilty about all these things that he was selling and all these things that he was putting out and um and so he just left the rap life. Well, this is you know what I'm talking about this this idea and, and you know obviously Nas didn't become a preacher, but I think there are warning signs all over this video. <laughs> um, because Kendrick Lamar is 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 in a is a position that is super difficult. He had a really ridiculously uh, hailed and um, popular record, "Good Kid, Bad City," back in 2012. And you know, for a guy, I don't know how old Kendrick Lamar is, but he's you know relatively at the start of his career. Um, and people are looking at him for some sort of follow up. And you know, it's it, there, there's sort of like the old cliche in rock where you have a massively successful album, and then you go to something that is more like rhythm and dance based, like Arcade Fire did after the Suburbs. Um, you know, their latest album, Reflector, is very sort of dance and and uh, you know dancehall based. And I feel like. You know, this is the one road that I didn't want Kendrick Lamar to go down. This sort of like, now I'm gonna you know make rap positive. I'm gonna try to change everything. I think that's like the the last thing we really needed from him. No, I feel like, like this is a one off. I feel like this is I not. Hope so. You know what I mean? I feel like this is not indicative of the way that his new record is going to sound. And I, I wonder if it was. I hope like you're a, right, Austin. <laughs> it's like I, I wonder if he's like trying it out. He was trying it out and seeing how because like. There was like when he dropped the single initially, there was like some walking back of it where it was like, no, 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 I got all these tracks. Don't worry about this. This isn't yeah, a real this thing. Isn't even, this isn't even promoting an album. I mean, he's also doing SNL, so who really knows? But but he he is he is. They did make this music video too. Like, they, no, someone is investing in this song for some reason. <laughs> yeah, well, I think like it's that, a catchy song. I think it has potential to be uh, on the charts in some way which good good mad city as great of an album as it was didn't have except for uh, swimming pools didn't have like four singles from it totally this is a this is like a positive song for the radio yeah and i think it's 
I think it probably comes from a good place, but I, I don't think that I feel like he's proven himself so much with his record and his output thus forth that, you know, he can go and do a positive track for the, for the club, for the radio. And, the, you know, he'll come back, he'll do a record. That's great. You know, the, the interesting thing about this song though, is like, despite the subject matter, not being necessarily like what I want, like he is like, in terms of like his cadence and his, like style as a rapper and stuff like he's still right there like this is still like in terms of like the way it kind of like just sounds like the way the lyrics coming out of his mouth sound regardless of what he's talking about his like rap cadence is still really solid and like great to listen to in this song and like i like the the isley brothers sample in there and stuff too but it's i don't it's, find um like irritatingly uh you know what I mean? It's I don't yeah. find it corny. I mean, it's it's a little more positive than his other stuff, but it didn't annoy me in any way. But I like Taylor Swift, so yeah. I like listen. I like Taylor Swift too. Who? This is a podcast full of men who like Taylor Swift. There's nothing wrong with that. I uh, also think that he's he's selling it in this video. You know what I mean? Like he's going hard. At first, I was like, I'm not sure about this, you know. And then you see this video, and he's like dancing around, singing the song, and I suddenly like it much more than I did before. And, and I, I think that's think- like the highest compliment to be paid to a video, honestly. Yeah. Um, where you where you don't get the like the whole direction or the vision until the video piece kind of slots in place. I had this exact same reaction when I saw the video for for Problem by Ariana Grande. Before that, I really didn't understand where she kind of fit in as as an artist. But you know, the Young Astronauts did such an amazing video job with that video. It's uh, I feel like. Uh, many of uh, the many roles that music videos play that's a super important one yeah i i definitely think that that's um you know that's what that that's kind of what music videos kind of were to do meant to do to begin with you know they were meant to like reach people who couldn't see these bands perform live and had only can only hear them uh on the radio and couldn't really comprehend what was a what it was all about and you know a really good music video for a pop artist is uh yeah definitely can still achieve that uh, I think I cut you off, Adam. Yeah, I for, I forget. I was just Adam, Adam just wanted to say I love myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about let's. Wait, hey, show of hands. Who loves about? Let's talk about. I mean, we're I mean, me. Hey, there's a real. There's like a. There's like a dumb masturbation joke in there somewhere that I no, I kind of there, yeah. just like. Not yeah, right. We can go uh, to the we can go to the ladies. We got we have an Ariana Grande and a Selena Gomez video this week. Both yeah, but the la- but the lady I want to talk about is Yolandi Visser. Mm, okay, so let's talk about Ugly Boy uh, by a, a band who I never say their name right. Die Ant Word. How was that? I think it's Deant Deant Word. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They, like. you know, everyone knows who I'm talking about. This video now they make fantastic music videos, basically always. Um, but this one it was was interesting in that it was full of like pretty high profile cameos, and it's it's interesting, you know, when when Die Antwerp gets kind of like these actual pop culture kind of like props and nods, you know, like. They they seem because like they're when they first came out in their videos, they seem out of out of like nowhere poor people with no clothes and like now they're doing music videos with with Jack Black but really like nothing's actually changed like they've they weren't actually poor when those first videos came out anyway 
lots of lots of high profile cameos, lots of weird stuff, and and a little bit of controversy on whether or not uh, Apex Twin is in this video or not. <laughs> I don't think that he's in the video, but I do appreciate um, the shout out that they give him in the video. You know, they have someone is wearing the. Uh, the Richard D. James mask, which they apparently got from Chris Cunningham, and and then in another scene, Yolandi Vischer is wearing an Apex Twin hoodie. Right. So I like that they're I like that they're like giving him props because and, he's obviously uh, an important artist. And I also, think Doug, just, there's a sample uh, of Apex Twin in the track as well. Right. That makes sense. But there is some. There are some blogs claiming that he's the guy in blackface. Uh, that they think that he's a guy in blackface. We we credit all the all the cameos for this video, but we don't credit him because I don't I don't I'm not sure if it is him or not. But the well, dude in the dude covered in black bears some resemblance. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, I, he's I wearing believe, the mask. Yeah, I believe there's a a black uh, Richard D James uh, face in the window liquor video, mm-hmm. which was a mask. So yeah, maybe they got a hold of the mask. It's all fitting together. Listen how it's funny how Adam Alexander's sitting here acting like he knew this shit when like two days ago he and I were like debating. I told it was him. You were and then and now you're like pulling out. Yeah, there's a fucking in the window like a video. You got the black mask. (laughs) Like like you knew all along and you wanted to make me look like an asshole in front of Austin. I totally totally thought it was him. Yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Whatever, what that, what you say. I love that Flea is in this video, the basis for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and as well as Marilyn Manson, who hasn't been in a music video for a while. So there you go. It's um, an interesting, yeah, well, interesting mix of folk. It's funny because they like. I guess all their other videos have been shot in South Africa, and then this one they shot in L.A. And this, like, really, I like this video a lot. Um, but it really feels like their aesthetic put in L.A. You know. It's like the classic rap video, and suddenly they can have all these people who live in L.A. coming through and being in their video, um, showing them love and stuff. Before they had to get somebody dressed up as Lady Gaga. <laughs> now they've got Jack Black, right. which is really neat. It, it, it's sort of a – they continue to surprise me, at least. I don't know if anybody else saw it coming. But yeah, I but, love the prosthetics that Jack Black is wearing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really weird. Adam Fairholme almost like you were like I can't find him. Where's Jack Black? Well, I was at like, work watching it, so <laughs> I I don't have a cool work like you do. Well, my work is cool, but I just didn't. Anyway, <laughs> I'm cutting that out. Yeah, um, that out of the podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> you have the coolest uh, fucking work. One one other little thing because I'm always trying to back this idea. I know you guys are are really tough on it, but. Uh, but this is a good example of a, a self-directed video that's fucking awesome. So I do think that that can work. <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't believe that Ninja directs. Well, okay, yes, I do. But like, Ninja's not Ninja as Ninja. Like, he's he's not the guy who you see. Um, this is like a this is like a character, and like Ninja and Yolandi like come from a background of doing like. This is like an overall project that involves video and music because they're not, it's not like they're fantastic musicians. Uh, without like the whole package, this music would not have, I don't believe, have been popular. And so it's a, it's a, there's more going on 
than than what you're getting. So I'm not giving you credit for this, uh, <laughs> but really great try, Adam. Uh, Stick to it. I'm okay. sticking to it. Listen, he, it is the it is. It is the artist of the music video who who directed the, the video. Maybe who knows? There could be fifty million people, but maybe not fifty million. But like, there could be a team of people behind them, do you know, pulling all the strings, and and I wouldn't be sh- surprised. But but I, I don't know. There, I believe it's that it's just the, him. I want to believe that. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. But like it, like you know, Diane, where it as a thing is like a is like a project sure that like has blown up but an interesting thing is ninja and yolandi are both gonna be in a new movie a new hugh jackman movie uh directed by the dude who directed district nine what's that guy's name Neil boom camp yeah N- neil boom camp um yeah so they're 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 in that movie and they it looks pl- cool play playing characters that seem to be pr- relatively close to their Diane Ward characters, but not the, the same. I think they use the same names. Well, but I don't think that they're scientists. <laughs> but in real, in <laughs> real life, the scientists. I didn't. I don't have. I actually don't have any idea. They, yeah. it, it, it seems like it, but I have, I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, uh, only the dude from Skins is the scientist. The Slumdog Millionaire. He's the scientist. They're they're Diane Ward. And so they're works. just like just Diane Ward is just hanging out in laboratories. This is the you concept of the movie. The, uh, the movie starts with the Diane Ward just drinking a cup of coffee in a laboratory, like I always, and then <laughs> and then artificial intelligence shows up. Cool, sounds like a great movie. Um, let's talk about Ariana Grande. Well, should be this, this will be the last one we do. That's fair. Um, yeah, I guess it's like it's either Selena Gomez or Ariana Grande. So let's do I I. I I gotta I go Ar- with our girl Ariana. Yeah, yeah. She, she, Ariana is go is 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 rising fast. I think she's self- rising fast. I think she's already there. But what I'm saying is she's getting bigger by the moment. Selgo, I don't know so much. Well, Selena <laughs> Gomez has had a hard time. I think she was overshadowed. She's been overshadowed by Ariana Grande, which makes it interesting that there were two. You know, they were dueling videos this week. They are dueling. So Is let's. I was just going to say, she's sort of had a, uh, a career of being a little bit overshadowed by all her peers, really. I don't, and I don't Miley Cyrus, that. too. Yeah. I think she's got a shadow. I mean, she's got, yeah, she's selling records. She's overshadowed. She's overshadowed some other basic bitches out there. I'll tell you that right now. Let's talk about this Ariana Grande video. It's directed by Hannah Lux Davis, and it features The Weeknd. Um... And it's 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 some grown man shit, right? This is a this is a grown up video. Um, Ariana Grande has uh, Adam Fairholm. You you t- like to talk about the way that she's styled, that is typically significantly younger than her actual age, or at least kind of like she's got like a lot more youthful style um, a lot of times, but not not in this video. Well, except the the kitty ears. Yeah. Okay. Listen, you had to go there with the kitty ears. <laughs> that is not so grown up, but it is a good balance because the weekend also has crazy weird hair. So he does. Come on, and he's a grown up. She is styled she, dif- differently in this video, in a way. Um, she, I have no idea how to express this, but if if, if you kind of take like take this video and watch it back to back with, um, the way or even break free, 
the, her makeup in this video is done in such a way as to kind of just like completely just wash out all of her features. Um, it's she, she looks very very different in this video in in a very subtle way. Um, in pretty much every shot, it looks like almost like a CGI version of her um, that has been sort of uh, you know composited with other people's features. That's a terrible way of describing it, but I um, think it's just I think what you're just seeing is just different. It is just super glossy, right? Like it's just just like a really like. To you an ex- to an extreme in a way. Um, well, to- yeah, extreme. Yeah. This is very, very glot. Like a very like, this is like a but like a ballad style, big, you know, but like subtle, um, and styled really well, kind of like pop video. Uh, but it's definitely like not her like dancing around with like platform shoes on in outer space. Like this is definitely like a, a much more like like more subdued and and you know, a little bit more mature of a, of a music video. I would say so. Yeah. And Hannah Lux Davis definitely kind of, well, Hannah Lux Davis also directed Ariana Grande in the bang, bang video, uh, just a few months ago. Um, and this is, you know, I think Hannah Lux Davis has a few different modes. Uh, and this is the more, yeah, I, I, I would say mature mode where it is just, a, you know, kind of a few setups. The color palette is very, very cool and dark. Um, and, you know, for Ariana Grande, I think that that works. She could probably use something like this at this time. The last video she did was for uh, for just herself was Break Free, directed by Chris Morris Polaro, which had like a funny kind of comedy vibe to it. So it's, this is kind of like the, you know, the fourth or fifth single off this off the album kind of video. Yeah, but it's nice, and I think she's got some good chemistry with the weekend here in this song, and and still, in the video. I still don't know what the week who the weekend is. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. What? I can't picture the them. Are they a bunch of white guys? Is the the guy? Wait, wait, guys wait, what are you? Wait, what are you what? talking about? Wow! Don't know who the weekend is. Well, I know their name, but I just no, thought no, no. It's like one, a it's one direction one, kind of dude. No, no, no. The weekend is one black man who, who is. From Toronto, from Toronto, and he like does a lot of stuff with Drake, and is a what are you saying? I think you're getting the weekend confused with somebody, but I don't think that you think the weekend is more than one person. I do like 100 percent thought the weekend was like a band. What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm exposing myself on this podcast. You are. You're. You're like. I've never heard of the weekend. Before. <laughs> well, I've heard of them, but I just thought they. I thought they were like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, and just because the whole that, cause that cause is the weekend in the video. You're yeah, that's at, that's the weekend. Yeah. He's an R&B vocalist producer. I, was, I when I so when I thought this, I th- thought it was like a kind of like a Travi McCoy thing where he kind of can go out on his own as. What's the band Travi McCoy was part of? Travi McCoy is a band. No. Okay, we're cutting this off right now. No, okay, no. Travi McCoy <laughs> is not a band. Travi McCoy, no. This is... You've uh, got, you've got any better, Adam? I have no fucking clue who Travi McCoy is. <laughs> That's the, he's the guy that... That is a band. Listen, 
Cut the whole thing out. Cut the part where I say black man out. Just gym class heroes. He's part of gym class heroes. Yeah. Everything where you've questioned the weekend and who he is and <laughs> and, and call him them. Cut, cut all of that out. Uh, Wait, Austin, and, Austin, did you did you do you know who the weekend is? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you know who the weekend is? Whoa, this is weird. Uh, yeah, he's he's one guy. He's pretty. He's like very famous. Pretty like newly. he sold out. He sold out the Barclays Center. So yeah, he sells out everywhere. Uh, he's like three years famous. Four years famous. It's okay. He doesn't have an album. He has lots of albums. Well, no, not not like an not an LP that it came sure. out in stores. Yeah, he does. He has, he has a few. Uh, he has, he has one. Oh, Doug. No, Get on iTunes now. Download. I don't use iTunes. Uh, yes, they re- all the all the free records they put together as one. You're gonna cut. You're gonna have to cut this out, obviously, when I when I'm explaining the weekend. But <laughs> wait, so all okay. So I knew about all the free were ones. So they and so they re- they re-released that as one record, as, as a, a yeah as a three disc record, and then after that he put out another album. Right. But that was that was because an album that you buy in stores, and that's the only way you get yeah, it. Is you was... buy it on iTunes, or you buy it in stores, or you illegally download it? But it or, you, or you get it on Spotify, where you can't get those. <laughs> but uh, okay, so all of this weekend stuff is not going to be in the podcast. Oh, it's going to be in the podcast. Why would it be in the podcast? Because it's good nonsense. Uh, uh, everyone's going to be like, "Well, you don't know the." I mean, asking who the weekend is is like it's asking who Nelly is, right? Um, it's the guy with the uh, the bowl in the basement, right? Yeah, that is who Nelly is. <laughs> uh, <that> is <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I was so impressed by your like Nas and Mace name drops earlier. I, I was and, lost. Those were and, lost. Then, and then I've lost, and then all of that has been well. You're back at zero again. Here we go with the weekend stuff, but that's cool because I didn't know he had albums. So sure. Hey, I'm logging into our server and deleting the whole website right now. <laughs> the whole website is gone. It's not gone. It's not. We don't have a website anymore. F. So here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing about the weekend is he. It, there's no e between the k and the n. Oh, really? Yeah. How weird is that? Uh, and and that's and that's it. So you've either heard a cut, you either heard us talking about the weekend or not, depending on <laughs> if I cut that out or not. Um, but yeah, I think we talked about it. This was a great week for music videos. We had a, a fantastic Deontwer video, Lord, Kendrick Lamar, Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez. Had it all popping. Sometimes it's like slim pickings for this list, but uh, um, t- this week was a great week. It's rain and music videos. Rain and music videos. Um, and Austin, thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. And thank you for going to Doug's apartment. Yeah, well, this was all part of the experience, you know. It's and now, and now, me and uh, me and Austin get to make our music video. We're it's... gonna, yeah, we're gonna sign off and make a music video right now. So look for it on the database tomorrow morning. Yep, it's all one night shoot, edit, post, featuring awesome. the weekend. Featuring the featuring that great the great new band, the weekend. <laughs> Genuinely, he's on his way over right now. Yeah. <laughs>